You're listening to E-Commerce Marketing School, presented by Privy and Printful. Before we get into today's episode, here's a quick shout out to our sponsor. Printful prints custom products on demand for online stores and ships each order to their customers around the world. Their mission is to help people follow their passion and turn ideas into brands and products. Printful works with the most popular e-commerce platforms and marketplaces. So connect your store, choose from their catalog of over 250 products, upload your designs, and they'll automatically fulfill your orders on demand. No monthly costs, you only pay when you get an order. Today I'm here with Alyssa Kaplan, who has a full-time job Monday to Friday as a social media manager, but at night she puts on her cape as the founder of thescrunchyclub.com. I'm excited to chat with Alyssa today to look at how she drove her first sale and what I find to be a very clear commitment to organic content generation. Honestly, I wish more founders did this. She's blogging regularly. She's creating TikToks, daily, Instagram reels, and so much more. Alyssa, amazing having you. Great to be here. So let's start at the top. What is Scrunchy Club and what's the background? Of course, you can't see this in a audio platform, but I have very curly hair and always have. And growing up as a 90s kid, a lot of the hair trends did not work for a girl with curly hair, but I loved scrunchies, always have and always will. In 2019, I was shopping for some new scrunchies and going to big box retailers like Target and Bed Bath & Beyond, and I honestly couldn't find what I was looking for. As someone with very individualist values, I use my clothing and my outfits to express myself and I want my hair accessories to be the same way. So that's what really first sparked the idea for the Scrunchy Club. From there, I am not an artist, but I know there are so many incredible artists out there. So working with different artists allows us to bring in tons of different artistic points of view and really make something for everyone. And I am someone who loves to give back in our community. And it's really great to be able to donate 15% of our profits to causes that our artists choose. Amazing. And by the way, I I love the story page on the site. I thought you did a really nice job of that. So, you know, we'll link out in the show notes to the scrunchyclub.com, but go check it out. Click in the story uh, link in the nav. I just thought like the picture of you as a kid, how the company started based on, you know, that story, you couldn't find a decent scrunchie the artists and the cause driven angle. I just thought it really makes clear that, you know, this is a real business and customers are buying from you and supporting artists. So nice job with that. Thank you. And I really think that goes back to like putting my heart and soul behind this mission that I believe in so deeply. So when you believe in something, it doesn't feel uncomfortable to put your face out there and promote it every single day. So 2019, right? 2021, Sounds like things have been going pretty well. Can you take us back to like launch, right? Do you remember exactly what you did to drive your first sale? I do. So we launched the first week in 2020. I founded the business in 2019 and spent a few months working on it in incognito mode before really releasing it to the public. And it all started with my personal network. I've worked at a lot of different places over the years and met tons of people all over the place. And tapping into that personal network was really key to my first few sales to start to get the word out about the Scrunchy Club. 
And less than a week in when we started to get sales from people I didn't know, that's when it was really, really exciting for me as a small business owner. Amazing. So yeah, take us through like the launch playbook. What kind of posts or emails or ads or or what was it that, that really helped drive the awareness? There are definitely things I would do differently now that I know more. I knew nothing about email marketing two years ago, but I... A, focused on finding influencers within my target audience to really drive awareness about the business, as well as just starting to seed the brand on our social channels and build them up a little bit ahead of launch and just talk about the business anywhere and everywhere. Yeah. So you were just like throwing everything against the wall. Social posts. Sounds like you were, what, paying influencers or just sending them some free product? Gifting. So just reaching out to people who I thought would be interested in our product. Our first scrunchie was about body positivity and the fat liberation movement. So there is a community on Instagram specifically around that movement. So reaching out to them and saying, Hey, I think you'd love this product. I'd love to send you one. And some of them post about it and some of them don't. And either way, it's great to get the word out. That's amazing. And, you know, just kind of skipping ahead to 2021. Now, you know, looking at your site, I mentioned in the beginning, I was blown away at how consistent you are with content generation. So I want to talk about blogging. For a sec. Sure. I wish more people were blogging, but it's time consuming and maybe people don't feel comfortable writing or they don't think that it'll move the needle. But what has that done for you so far? Blogging consistently probably drives like 25 to 30% of our organic traffic, which is fabulous. We don't have a big marketing budget. We're not spending a lot on Facebook ads. We're not spending anything on Facebook ads right now. So the thing I do have is time. So putting in those building blocks of the foundation of creating the content that month over month continues to improve, I know is going to be worth it in the long run. We use it right now mostly as a traffic driver, but it also is really great to provide that content in emails and things like that. Um, And we also do interviews with community members as well as our artists to really drive deeper connections around the brand. Amazing. So, you know, it sounds like in terms of the types of posts out there, some are maybe educational, some are community-based. Any sense of which of those perform? You know, 25% of traffic is amazing, by the way. If you ever need an excuse for why you should start blogging today, it's right there. But any sense of which category of posts perform? Yeah, our educational posts perform a lot better, to be honest. We have posts about different hairstyles to do with scrunchies, how to care for your scrunchies that perform really well. We also had a post that I created end of last year, early this year about virtual Galentine's Day that is probably our biggest traffic driver to date. So really looking ahead at like what's coming up in the next two to three months that people are going to be searching for. So using Google Trends as well as I use the free version of Uber Suggest to look at what those keywords are and build out the blog post that way while still making sure it's something that our community and our core base will be interested in reading. So tell us about Ubersuggest. I've never heard of that. Ubersuggest is a a keyword tool. I think it's pretty similar to um, Moz or SEMrush, but they have a free version. So you can do like a certain amount of searches a day. 
and look at how difficult will it be to rank in this keyword versus how much search volume I get. So I definitely target keywords with lower search volume that will be a little bit easier because I know over the long run that will pay off bigger. These are the stories that I love, Alyssa, because you know, scrunchyclub.com, you're focused on one type of product, right? You obviously offer a bunch of them, but like, this is very specific. Yes. And so that's where I think, you know, you can do so well with the, you know, lead with education and that content and, and bring the search traffic in. It's awesome to hear that it's working out so well for for you. So, you know, you're, you're full time, which is something I want to talk about. You're full time at another job. And this is kind of, yes you know, nights and weekends or lunch break like it is right now. But do you have a goal on content? Like, is it a number of posts per month or something like that? I try to at least post one new blog post a month. There are some months that I beat that and will post three to four a month. But one is like my baseline. You must get one new blog post out per month. Yeah, because it did look like the blog was pretty active just based on the dates of the posts that I saw, which is great. Um, and obviously, when you see the fruits of the labor working, it's a better incentive to keep doing it. Exactly. So let's flip over on the consistency side. So talk to us about TikTok and Instagram Reels. It, it looks like you're posting daily there, too. Yes. I wish I started earlier on TikTok. I obviously was aware of TikTok working in social media and had done things with clients on TikTok, but had never invested the time myself until last October. And I think pretty much ever since I've posted at least once a day, I maybe took a week or two break at some point, but being able to test content on TikTok is really helpful because the algorithm works so quickly. You're going to know within a couple hours, whether something is resonating or not. And from there, I repost what I think to be the most high quality content onto Reels. I use an app called Save Talk that allows you to save TikToks without the TikTok watermark. Oh, wow. And then repost them that way. And that that's really helpful for Instagram content creation as well. Yeah. The editing app within TikTok is so much more robust than it is on Instagram Reels so far that I much prefer creating the content natively on TikTok and then reposting it. Wow. Yeah, smart. And I, I was kind of perusing through your Instagram reels. I mean, it looks like there's, you know, for the most part, there's thousands of views on every one of the Instagram reels. You know, imagine the numbers quite a bit higher on TikTok. It varies. Sometimes things perform really poorly on TikTok and then do great on Instagram. So yeah. TikTok algorithm is a huge mystery to everyone. And Instagram reels is a little bit different. Are you piggybacking off of like any specific hashtags on TikTok that are relevant to scrunchies? On TikTok, I really try to niche in and target the curly hair community specifically. That's something I've been focusing on the past few months that has been really fruitful for us. And TikTok is really about finding those people in finding a needle in a haystack, essentially. So that's been really helpful. It sounds like with the blogging, you, you can track maybe 25% of your traffic coming from those efforts. Do you feel like you have a sense of how fruitful TikTok and Instagram is for you? I still think that as far as TikTok is concerned, I'm in very early days and that's going to take a lot longer. 
Do I get sales from TikTok? Yes. And that's because I built personal relationships with people, especially within the small business community. On Instagram, I feel like we get a lot, I know we get a lot more consistent sales and that's where our repeat customers hang out. Nice. Well, some really good tactics in here on on the blogging and posting daily. My team's a big believer in that. They've encouraged me to go daily with the podcast, which has completely changed uh, our our business candidly. So it's awesome to see you doing this stuff. You know, obviously with a full-time job and doing this on the side, I have to ask, like, what is the goal here? Eventually I would love to be full-time with the business, but I also candidly fear that doing that would also, I want to say doing that would um, maybe make me work less, less hard. So right now it's, it's really motivating for me to be working towards that. I love my full-time job in social media too. So I'm not ready to give that up either. I'm hoping in a year or two, we'll be in that place where it makes, it makes more sense and it becomes just unmanageable to do both. Yeah. I also think, you know, we were chatting about this a little bit before we turned on the mic, but health insurance, right? You don't know if your idea is going to take off, right? Health insurance, super expensive. And then, you know, I think the culture that we see online on social media is, oh, people are all in, like you were saying. But I actually, I mean, we see a lot of our customers are hobbyists, they're dipping their toe in. And I think that that's actually like a perfectly acceptable path to building a business, right? You still have security of your own job while you're building this, this kind of passion project. And, you know, if it gets to a spot where it's unmanageable, like fantastic, but sounds like, you know, that's your end goal, but you're okay with this interim phase. Yeah. I think that building this while I work a full-time job allows me to build it right and have those one-to-one connections with our customers that really matter in the long term. Nice. Alyssa, this is great. And thanks for doing this during your your lunch break. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Of course. So go check out thescrunchyclub.com. We'll link in the notes and uh, buy one for someone you love. 